friends, and welcome to another episode of Heartfelt Consciousness. I'm your guide, Laura Bender. And today, our guest is Amy Rose Stabley. Um, she is the owner of Sweetside Yoga in Colorado. So we have a really inspiring conversation about her journey with yoga and how she became uh, involved with uh, Goji, which is getting out by going in. Hopefully I said that correctly. Uh, so a program that teaches incarcerated individuals on how to become yoga instructors. So I hope you enjoy the episode and I'll check in with you guys on the other side. Hi, Amy Rose. How are you today? I'm good. Hi, Laura. So thanks again um, for spending the time with me uh, this morning uh, where you are and uh, just kind of chatting about uh, yoga and some things that you have going on. So what actually have you been doing this morning today? Um, so I've got two kiddos. So just kind of doing the, the life stuff with them, getting one off to camp and the other one off to he went to play school for a little while so that I could take a yoga class and take care of myself and do a little workout at the gym. So that's, that's pretty much been our morning. That's a busy morning though. Oh yeah. They keep me busy every, every day's busy with them. <laughs> and then um, I have a stepdaughter who's in town right now visiting. So that's really, that's really great. Awesome. So, so I, um, we've been connected with, um, Atma Darshan. She's actually given me a lot of different guests from all across the country. And, um, I think that's awesome. Yeah, I know. I thank you that again, that you're here. Um, so would you actually mind telling the listeners a little bit about yourself? Maybe what initially brought you to yoga? Yeah. So I, um, I, you know, as a young kid up until kind of a preteen, I was always, I always kind of consider myself a seeker. Like I was always interested in what was beyond like this very physical world I was really drawn, especially as um, maybe around, I don't know, seventh, eighth grade to this little bookstore in our town called new age insights. And I would spend a lot of time there with some friends, just looking at, looking at different different ways of thinking of spirituality and even, even Wiccan witchcraft and spells and um, nature spirits. And so it's always kind of just, or just drawn into spirituality. And I was raised with a Jewish background, but never, never really connected with like organized religion. And then when I was about 17 years old, I was at like this uh, community fair of some kind. And there was this really beautiful little Korean woman, like sitting there with uh, flyers for her yoga classes. And again, mind you, I'm from this little town. It's called Evergreen, Colorado, and it's very beautiful, right? We're in the mountains and it's, it's lovely. And it has, um, I mean, beautiful nature and weather and, skiing. Um, but it really, it severely lacks diversity. And so I had never actually met like a Korean person, I think at that, at that point. And she was just this beautiful little human being 
that just her eyes just sparkled so brightly. And I saw her um, flyer and I started taking her yoga class. And I just, I loved it. And I never was drawn to um, exercising really. Like I hated gym class. It was mm-hmm. the worst part of, um, <laughs> you know, middle school and high school. And I had this awesome principal that actually let me like, instead of doing gym class, I got to get credit taking the yoga class. And, you know, I took like a philosophy class or a world religion class on my senior year and did a whole project on, on yoga. And, um, so I just felt, I found that yoga and, you know, especially the way Tai Su Young, she presented it, 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 it kind of encompassed the that spirituality and magical thinking. And I just had this idea that yoga was, I mean, it it was just this magical practice that could solve everyone's problems. And, um, you know, I mean, I've, I've learned much since then, which is, you know, 20 plus years later, but, um, and Taisu is still a very good friend and I, um, still practice with her. Um, but from there, my, my mom had this very good friend whose name, her spiritual name was Divya Jyoti. And she was like, Oh, you love yoga. Oh, you have to meet my daughter. She married a Swami. And I was like, Oh, and this, um, Swami and her daughter, who is also Swami now, Swami Karmakaruna, they, um, they opened up this little yoga retreat center in New Zealand called Anahat and, so I went to college and continued to practice yoga in, in Seattle at Eight Limbs Yoga. I I traded taking care of their plants for for yoga classes and and then when I finished school I traveled and I went to Anahat, which was like I I've been wanting to go there for years. And um, Divya Jyoti happened to not be at Anahat at that time. And Anahat is a it's still going, it's thriving. It's a retreat studio and. Um, the south, the north of the South Island, Nelson, New Zealand. So I definitely recommend checking it out if you can ever make it over to that part of the world. If they open their borders again for us. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Divya Jyoti was in at this little ashram in Australia called Rockland, and I was like, well, I gotta go see Divya Jyoti because she's like one of these people on my little path. And so I went to see Divya Jyoti in um, at this little ashram in Rockland, uh, Australia, um, outside of, uh, outside of, um, Mel- Melbourne. That's right. Outside of Melbourne. And, um, and while I was there, they were like beginning a yogic studies course. And I was like, Oh, okay. Well, I'm just going to extend my trip. <laughs> and so, you know, cause I was done with school and I just didn't really have too much to rush back to. So I just wrote my parents. I was like, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to do this yogic studies program. And so that began my yogic studies and that program ended up taking me, um, a solid 10 years to complete maybe a little bit more. Wow. And I did the first, you know, the first module in Australia and my hope and dream was always to go back and, you know, finish it there, but that didn't happen. And the reason it took me 10 years is because they allow three years between each module. Oh, wow. And so when it was getting to about that three year mark, Atma Darshan, who, you know, from um, Cleveland called me, you know, she had like the list of the students that were in the States studying. 
this tradition. And, and I was like, okay. So then I made my way to Cleveland. So that's how I ended up starting that program. And because the program takes so very long to complete, I really just wanted to start teaching and get my training. And I had at that point moved to Los Angeles or was moving to Los Angeles Mm -hmm. where, you know, they just manufacture teachers, not to say that the program I was in wasn't a good program because it was, and I had phenomenal mentors and teachers, but it's like, you know, it's just like a wheel. And that was, that was yoga works. Um, and that, and that was, and my mentors with that, um, my mentor, my main mentor with that for the 200 hour and 300 hour was Annie Carpenter which is a, you know, a very different take from the, the Satyananda tradition, which is where I studied with, with, um, with Laura, but I am, I'm so grateful for that, that diversity of, of, um, learning and, and teaching style. Cause I think it really helped me to, um, be able to work, you know, with so many different individuals and with so many different things going on. Wow, that's quite an awesome journey. <laughs> that just, it sounded so magical just as you were saying it. It just kind of sounded like so it, in the universe. And that's how it and that's how it felt, you know, and I think and that's kind of how it was with with yoga itself. Um and you know, and it's kind of continued that way. I think you know, I kind of I was very much into the idea of this sannyasin lifestyle and really like living a yogic lifestyle and living. I loved how I loved the principles of Ayurveda. Um, but then I, I met my husband, you know, and I fell in love and he, and we had kids and it totally, even though yoga s- has stayed a part of my life and, you know, has still been like kind of the driving force that kind of like householder lifestyle definitely has, has pulled me away from like kind of my roots of, of yoga and like you know, but I feel like I, you know, even just having this conversation helps start to to bring it back a bit. So that's yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, I was going to yeah. say that the universe knew where to put you and knew where you were going to be going with it. So yeah, yeah. so it kind of leads me into the next question a little bit too. So one of the reasons uh, that Atmadarshan had referred you to me was that you actually founded this um, program that was um, teaching incarcerated individuals um, how to be yoga instructors. Um, it, it, I don't know if I'm saying this correctly, but is it called Goji Yoga or is it just um, G-O-G-I? So, so it's, it's Gogi, oh, Gogi, like Gogi okay. and it oh. stands for getting, getting out by going in. Yeah, so getting out I- by going in. So yeah, what so, actually inspired you to create that then? Yeah. So, um, so go, okay. So I was wrapping up or it was, a, maybe I wasn't wrapping up. I don't, I was, I was somewhere in my teacher training programming with the Atma center and they have a karma yoga project. And I was like, well, what should I do? And I had kind of two different desires. And one of them was that my, my first thought was really working in hospice and doing a program for hospice. And then I, that just, it, it didn't work out. And I can't remember exactly how, how it did work out, but I also put the intention out to, um, to teach yoga to incarcerated individuals. And somehow it was like a chaplain, I think through the desire to do the hospice ended up um, being connected with this organization called Gogi getting out by going in that was looking for a yoga instructor. Mm. And so I, 
and it was, that was one of, this has definitely been like one of the highlights of my teaching career was working, um, with Gogi and I, I still work with Gogi mm-hmm. and, um, so getting out by going in.org and you can learn all about them and they, their, um, kind of statement is to empower, um, and educate incarcerated individuals. And now it's really evolved where it's no longer just incarcerated behind bars. It's really evolved now to the point of like, especially through COVID was like kind of a big involvement of it where it's evolved to the point of like, you know, education and (laughs) empowerment to all of us that are behind our own like self-made prisons and bars. So when I was teaching for Gogi, um, you know, I did my projects. It was like, you know, four weeks or whatever. And, and then I just, I continued because it was so awesome. And at that time we were at the um, correctional regional detention facility and it was a women's facility and it was in Linwood, California. So it was just, I think maybe South of Los Angeles. And, um, they had a whole module that was just like a Gogi module. So it was just 24 hours a day studying these tools of Gogi. And so these are cognitive behavioral tools that are very simple tools that were created with um, Coach Taylor, who's the founder of Gogi, uh, by the prison. They were created with her, but primarily the prisoners were the ones that named them and created them. And, um, they're really simple things like being the boss of your brain, like belly breathing, five second light switch. So, you know, which I, which were all yoga concepts, right? So whether it was just like ahimsa or, um, or again, pranayama working with your breath or five second light switch, like pranipaksha bahavana, being able to like take that negative thought and turn it into a positive action. And so at one point during the process, the coach Taylor asked me to uh, create a manual for them, that a yoga manual. And so that, um, that I spent the last 10 years, again, everything seems to take me quite a bit of time hey, nothing <laughs> to, wrong get with that. This, to get this manual out. And so I'm so excited because we have it now and it's just the first three of the 12 tools and Hopefully we'll get the other ones out as well as they have been written. They just haven't been published yet. And so now that I have the the manual and the beautiful thing about this manual is that it's like all of the drawings are done by um, women that I worked with in the prison. Oh, very cool. Yeah. So it's like. Like they're in that she's in her county blues. You can guys you, can't see if you're just listening. Yeah. Can you actually um, buy this on like Amazon or something or where? It, yeah. Where is it so available? I, it, it will be available on Amazon if it's not already. Um, I'm it's, I will get you that information once I have it. Um, right awesome. now you can just buy it directly through me basically, or directly through the organization. Hmm, um okay. Cause you know, when you have two kids, I also run a studio. I have my own little studio here in Colorado. It's called sweet side yoga. Um, so it's just hard to get things done. I've noticed yeah. <laughs> or everything takes a really long time. Um, but I do hope to, you know, get back into whether it's into so the manual itself. The idea behind the manual is that you could take this manual and that you could lead your own um, Gogi yoga groups and that you could become a facilitator 
and teach your own classes and you don't have to rely on volunteers to come into, into the prisons and into the jails to do it. And then again, we, because Gogi itself has evolved from working just with incarcerated individuals. Now this is Gogi yoga for small spaces. And the idea is that, you know, we could use this, like you can use this for your homebound or if you're in a residential center or you're in a mental health facility, or if you are in a juvenile detention facility, or if you're just home in your living room um, or at schools or, so I, I'm excited to kind of see where, where this ends up leading. Cause you know, it's definitely not about the final product and definitely about where it continues. That's um, awesome. I know that we yeah, have that. I think that that's going to be invaluable to, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of the listeners are going to get inspired by this. You know, I, I do see that it's definitely something that's needed and, you know, that we need to have um, in the, in those environments. And even now with COVID more than ever, I think. Yeah. And it was a really wonderful group of people to work with, whether, you know, and I did have the opportunity to work in several different um, prison facilities and um, just a few different jail facilities, primarily with women, but I was able to work with men as well. And just the eagerness to learn and be seen, I think was, it just, you know, cracked my heart open. Yeah. So kind of, um, kind of changing the the tide a little bit here. So you you mentioned you have your own studio space and you do teach within that space a lot of personal empowerment, inclusivity. So how are you actually practicing that off the mat per se? Um well, I think like for me one of the things also that really drew me into yoga and into um teaching was that it was one of the first times that I think I really felt like I like had a place somewhere and like really fit in somewhere and could be accepted for like myself as I am. And, and so I think like bringing that into my teaching has been really incredibly important to me and why I do focus more on a gentle, inclusive yoga style. Um, And then on just like a very, very personal note, uh, you know, I have a, a son, he's nine now, and he was born with um, autism and Down syndrome. And so just having, you know, somebody who is so neurodivergent um, in my life, you know, that is, is basically like my life, you know, I try to every day, I, like my husband and I are, you know, we're constantly <laughs> trying to make this world like a more inclusive place for him. Um just, you know, even just getting him to let, you know, fighting for him to be accepted into gen ed at his school, mm-hmm. you know, to let like him be for it to be okay for him to be in a restaurant and be, you know, rocking back and forth and doing what he needs to do for his sensory system. Um, and then just, you know, I've been really fortunate in my life. I've traveled a lot and have always just been really interested in other cultures and diversity and different ways of living. And I think something that always struck me when we were traveling, um, in particular cultures that are very different from our own here, people have just been so kind. Like even if the language, even if there's a huge language barrier, barrier, there's always like a real kindness and, and, and need and want to connect. Um, 
And so I think that's where I would be like maybe living what I try to teach on the mat off of the mat is just like seeing people as they are and not needing them to be different and just having a really open mind and an open heart and like just wanting to like connect with people. That's amazing. I like, I love that. Um, So kind of thinking about maybe 2020, I know we all had these things that we were just talking even before we started recording about like, Oh, what would it be like to teach yoga online? (laughs) Well, surprise, we're going to get that experience. Um, So what do you feel is the most valuable lesson that you actually learned during 2020? Yeah. I mean, 2020 for most of us, I think we went through quite a bit and it definitely felt like a bit of a pressure cooker. Um, here at at my home and having that outlet of zoom and having that outlet of still being able to teach, it was huge. And I, you know, I started my teaching career, um, like, I don't even know how long ago now. I mean, maybe about 12 years ago in Los Angeles and because of zoom and because of COVID and online teaching, all of a sudden I'm connected back to some of the very first people who are in my classes Oh wow! and awesome. people that sh- helped shape me as a, as an sh- instructor and as a, as a person and people that I really like loved and to get to see them again on such a regular basis and just have that reconnection um, has been such a good reminder just of, you know, why I, why I love studying yoga, why I love teaching it, um, just the importance of it. So I think that um, the most valuable lesson learned in 2020 was the importance of connection and not just, I mean, well, connection, but also connection in a, like in an uplifting um, and healthy uh, way. <laughs> yeah. I, yes, I would agree with that. I think it was uh, like, for me personally, I did struggle a little bit when um, this, everything kind of just went down at, you know, at first, but, you know, I think, um, we have our ways of finding our way out of it. You know, there might be a little bit of a fog, but there's always something, it's always clear on the other side, you know, just having, getting reconnected with, again, those people that we've missed. Um, Even just now, you know, we're just starting to open back up and finally getting to see actual people and go places and experience things. It's, it's definitely been the entire year, I would agree, has been definitely one of those experiences of a lifetime. For sure. Well, anyway, (laughs) thank you so much, Amy Rose. I appreciate you uh, giving your time, your energy today, um, and just speaking, talking, having conversation. Um, So yeah, thanks again for joining me. Yeah, thank you. And I'd love to invite any of your listeners as a guest to any of my virtual classes. Um, It's on sweetsideyoga.com. And I'll also at some point have information about um, getting out by going in Gogi Yoga for small spaces on there and um, just 
send a little contact and I will send you the Zoom link. Awesome. Yeah. And I'll definitely uh, make sure I put that in the show notes so you guys can uh, check that out. And hopefully by the time, maybe by the time this airs, it'll also be just be available for you. So awesome. Well, thanks again. You have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Hope you enjoyed my conversation with Amy Rose. So don't forget to share, review, and subscribe. Be well, my friends.